Hi everybody and welcome to another episode of Stationary Freaks with myself, Rob Lambert and of course Helen. Hi, Hi. Helen. How are you? Good, thank you. Any stationary news? More bullet journaling? <laughs> There's always bullet journaling, Rob. I've discovered though, you can mock me, but I've seen little indications that you actually do a form of bullet journaling that you just pretend isn't. So we'll I, talk about that know, another day. You know what, I haven't checked bullet journaling out for a very long time, but when I did see it, <laughs> I, I did try it. I did actually quite enjoy the analog nature of writing. I love writing lists bad. and doing stuff. That, that's the bit I do enjoy. I can never make it look good. We talked about that in one of the other episodes. But the thing that really frustrated me was having to write out your calendar every every month. You know, you have to write out one, two, three all the way. I don't know whether things have changed, whether it's been upgraded, you whether or not. You don't have to do anything. You do what is useful for you. So for me, at the beginning of a month, having an understanding of when I've got to pay which bills when I've got to drop people at various places. Isn't that or what Google Calendar's for then? I do use Google Calendar. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're double entering everything. Okay, anyway, the today's topic for this podcast is uh, we're going to actually explain what we do when we prepare a talk for a conference. So conference season uh, in different industries at different times of the year. We're recording this actually in November and November for the technical world, which is the world that we often occupy, is mostly kicks off sort of November and it runs through probably till end of December, January. And then the season opens again for submissions, usually February, March time. So it's sort of like just after summer. And that's like similar for a lot of industries because yeah. you know you get the summer holidays out of the way, then you can get the conference season in between you know, the end of summer and, and Christmas. Um, so we are seasoned keynote presenters, presenters of workshops. We've done lots and lots of conferences and we probably approach writing a presentation or creating a submission and all the other stuff that comes into it in a very different way and we're going to hopefully explore a little bit of that today i actually don't know what helen's process is she may or may not know what mine is i'm not sure i know um, what yours is, this and is i use a heck of a lot of stationery when it comes to creating a talk and uh, not always consistently you know, <laughs> uh, but there is definitely a high usage of stationery i have tried many things so i could probably top the amount of stationery you use but again consistently I found things that work and I pared it down a little bit now but yeah it's cool. that whatever well, works good good so before we jump into that one though I think a little bit of freakish stationery news um, I've just bought a Rodia notebook what size is this this is an A4, A4. you know my sizing oh my god I'm useless at this <laughs> um, but you know I too uh, as, as well as stationery freaks I run a management consultancy business called Cultivator Management but I also am starting a new brand called Parent Brain and Parent Brain to me is really, really exciting. Like Stationary Freaks is one of those projects that that's just grabs my attention yeah. and really wants me to invest a lot of energy in it. And I bought this brand new Rodia book for it where I've printed out and included the business plan. Yeah. Got a little index at the beginning. It's looking very nice. Almost like a bullet journal, Rob. I mean, I'd hate to. Similar. <laughs> Similar, but you won't find any uh, handwritten calendars in there. Um, but I was sort of chatting with Helen before we actually started recording and said it just reminds me of a school book. I do like these Rodia books, but... They just look like school exercise it, books. It Maybe does look. But I reckon that's just pure. I mean, because the outside looks really cool. It's kind of black with like orange writing and orange tree kind of things, Christmas tree shapes. But I think it's the white, the stark white of the um, mm. inside pages with the grey lines that that's why it gives you that school feel vibe. Yeah. But it's a good size. And I, the soft cover nice. is really nice. I like it. I like it. Now, what we'll see is obviously stationary freaks is all about using stationary to achieve great things. We need to come up with a proper tagline for this. Um, we really do. Yeah, we do. We, we, we we'll take, we had a we'll few. take votes, actually. Yeah, anybody got nice. any ideas? We'd love it. Um, but actually, 
you know, we, we're trying to achieve things with stationery, and this will be a good test as whether or not I've just bought a new notebook, which is highly likely that I've literally just bought a new notebook. And <laughs> I'll fill one or two pages, then I'll buy another notebook, and I'll start again. Oh, we need to talk about the potentiality um, of a new notebook. Absolutely. And that's that should be a podcast topic. It will do. To right. that empty page. Cool. So... No stationary news from you. No, uh, no cool finds. Nothing of interest. Uh, or? What am I? I'm currently. I have had a recently very exciting. I found these brush tip pens. Never used them before, um, and the idea of being able to do um, okay a title, but in like a brush tip allows you to give it like a bit of an effect of um, okay. calligraphy, cool. which means because I do titles because I, my world is full of little doodles and all sorts of things. And that's been a joy. It's very difficult and it's quite frustrating because I'm yeah. a bit shit with it, a bit crap with whatever. We you, can cut that off. You can swear on the podcast. It's, <laughs> uh, our, yes. it's, it's our podcast. Maybe it's not too much swearing. We should add a caveat at the beginning. <laughs> not safe for <laughs> under 12 or something. But yes, so I'm not very good at it. But uh, yes, it gives me an immense sense of joy at the moment. It's a little challenge. Cool, cool, cool. Good stuff. Okay, so let's say you want to speak at a conference and you've let, let's skip the submission part we're well, not to worry about that but we'll include a link to a, a pretty good guide that I wrote a few years back about how to get submission accepted uh, it doesn't really involve stationery in any way shape or form but if you are interested in speaking at a conference which I would encourage everybody to have a go at because yes. it's one of those life building moments and you'll either do it again and get addicted to it like I think me and Helen are or you'll say no no but you'll I, have I've done, done it. it but you'll have done it and you've learned some stuff and actually it's a really really good push past your comfort zone but I appreciate it is incredibly difficult for a number of people to do so let's assume that's it so let's assume you've been submitted uh, you've, you've submitted you've been accepted uh, now you've got that speaker's remorse as I call it that panic <laughs> that oh my god I've now actually got to write this thing so Helen walk me through the first stages of how you would prepare maybe an outline for the talk if that's what you do I don't know walk me through it the is. first so, steps so right now I've just put in something that seemed like a really good idea at the time submitted it and somebody's gone yeah that sounds really good uh, but I may have had a couple of glasses when I submitted that that occasionally happens Rob as you all know and that's a couple of glasses of what vodka gin what? Gin. <laughs> gin okay wine whatever something <laughs> so what I do is I I am a terrible procrastinator and everybody who knows me knows that I will push everything out to the last minute but there is also this bit at the beginning where I get really excited about something and I know from experience I have to push as much work into that zone as possible before I lose the enthusiasm and it all tails off and I have to use the panic monster at the end yeah, yeah, to yeah. help me get to the end. So that beginning bit, I'll open a tool online actually called Workflowy, which allows me to, it basically builds your life out in bullet points. Mm -hmm. So at my it's brain- It's like one big list, isn't it, it Workflowy? Is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the nice thing is, is that with an analog system, you couldn't add those in and, and change the order and all the rest mm. of it. So what I do is I start with the title and say, what is it that I want people to, to come away knowing? And then what do I, a beginning, middle and end? And then I'll bullet point those out. And as I get into a level of detail, there comes a point at which point everything is, there's, there's too much information in there. And that's the point that I then break mm. out and use stationary because that means I've got the outline of the talk there. So cool. I build the outline in this like bullet pointy thing. And then I know the things that I want to say, but they're all in the wrong order and I haven't got a theme and I I need a way of stringing it all together like a story mm. and that's when I break it all out. Cool. So I do something similar. So I use um, MindMeister, so I do a mind map ah. uh, of the same thing. So each node is essentially one of the topics I want to talk about, but you know, coming back to the essence of a good presentation is really I always try to focus on one key message. Yes. 
Um, and so make sure all those nodes align around that key message and then all the detail of you know beginning, middle and end. And I like to tell stories, you've seen my talks. Yeah. They're always usually based on either listicles or a story of some sort with a beginning, a middle and an end. So I make sure all of the nodes represent that and delete anything that's not useful. I actually reorder them, so they're actually in the order in the tool at this point. Ah, okay. Then I recreate each one of those nodes on an index card using stationery, which is cool. Oh. See, I don't use I don't use the index card. I then take each one of my key points that I've decided to do, put it onto a post-it note, and put it on the wall. And then I can chain, and I, I literally have it in a big arc across So you're one just wall. using post-it notes versus index cards, so yeah. they do the same thing. I put yeah. them in an order and then I can move them around, yeah. See, moving it around is really good because that helps you get that story flow. Yes. And mine is literally done in an arc so that I'm reminding myself constantly. So it's not a straight line, it's oh, like okay. a timeline. That's it's cool. actually an arc so that I remember that it's a story that people want to hear as a story. Do you have pictures of that? I probably do. Yeah, yes. we should share those on the Instagram feed, which is Stationary Freaks UK. Yes, is the handle for those. Um, cool. So I do the same thing. Mine's in a straight line, and you know, there's bits where you want to flesh out a topic, and I actually span out sideways. So I actually, you know, yes. from top to bottom, I'll have the order of the talk, and each one of those index cards I see as essentially a slide when I come to actually create the deck, and the bits that go out left and right are the bits that add flesh to it. That's the story I want to tell. So I end up with that. Ah, so I do build out too, but I build out vertically, uh, ver yeah, I mean vertically, so up and down. So I've got my arc across. Across, left to right, yeah. And then I add yeah. more, as I say, oh no, that's part of this topic, that's part of this topic. So I take all my little post-it notes that came off my, my list, my outline list, and I start putting them into what would be for you slides. And once they start mm. to coalesce around, I usually end up with maybe a dozen, 14 uh, blobs of collections of post-its. And there comes a point where I can't write enough on a post-it note to get it on to, to fit on a post-it note. Oh, okay. And that's the point I then need to break into slides and I have to go and start putting slides together. I am not gifted at slides. Okay. But I try and get all of this done in that happy place at the beginning where I'm really excited about the talk and the topic cool. and all the rest of it. There's a this yeah, 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 deep yeah. pit of... It's like most things, aren't it? You get really excited at the start, then the reality kicks in. Well, the water kicks in, doesn't it? <laughs> You've actually got to have the discipline to do it, and then at the end, you, you yeah. reap the benefits from it. Um, so, yeah, once I've done that, I, I'm into PowerPoint at this point, and I create a slide for each one of those index cards, essentially. Um, no, no glamour to the slide, it's just a placeholder with the right words on it and what yeah. have you. But when it comes to creating the content of it, I'm straight into uh, usually Apple Notes, where I just write it out, type in it, because I can type fast really yeah so for me it's about getting things out as quick as possible and that's what typing's for thinking things through i've already done it i've done it on paper i've done it on the index cards i've done it in mind master i maybe had a few doodles and filled a few notebooks full of some ideas and joshed around a little bit but as soon as it comes to creating the content it's typing because it's the fastest way to get stuff out of my brain i mean you've worked with me long enough my brain operates uh, yes at a pace <laughs> that frightens myself sometimes <laughs> and i often it's, it's a it's a it's just as problematic, I think, having a brain that operates at that speed as one that operates with no ideas at all. <laughs> well, you can't keep up with yourself, can <laughs> exactly. you? And you're losing bits. And, and you're just losing stuff. And I just, I think up some amazing million pound business ideas that just disappear because they're just <laughs> God. filled with other rubbish. <laughs> um, but anyway, I type that out, Apple Notes, get it all in there. And that for me is then the essentially the script that I'm going to follow for the presentation. See, that's it. So I do the same thing, but I work straight into the slides and I work into the presenter's notes. And I have a tool whereby I work in, uh, again, with the bullet points. <coughs> and what I do is I uh, take three words, perhaps out of each of those bullet points, and I make it really, really big, and I make it a different color. So my when you look at my presenter's yes. notes, it's rainbow, because it's all different colors. And the idea is, is that when I can see it across 
from where I'm pacing the stage or walking around, I can see three words in orange, and I know that I've just said the orange, so I'm next looking for what comes under the orange. So uh, okay, that, okay. Next one's blue, so, you know, and it doesn't matter about your order, but it means that those three words remind me what that bullet point is. Now, I know my stories, and like you, I know the content. By the time I've got here, and I'm on stage, I know it really well. Yeah. So the story is there, so the, the, that is there just to give me that sense of, okay. do I know what I'm supposed to talk about? Yes, it's this bit, then this bit, then this bit. The slides, the pictures, are only there for the audience. Absolutely, 100%. I mean, we're not gonna go into too much detail about presentations, yeah. but for me, the slides are always the bare minimum. A few words, big fonts, yeah. big pictures, something really attention grabbing, but nothing to read. I don't want people reading the slides, really, other than you know maybe a short sentence or a few bullet points. I want them listening to me. Yes. Um, but practice makes permanent, and practice is preparation. They're the things that we talk about a lot. Uh, and so for me, this is where I fill almost an entire A4 notebook by writing out the presentation shorthand. That's what I was gonna to say to you, how do you prep? So I've written it out in notes, yep. I've typed it, because that's the fastest way, and then I go through notes, and I do what's called a read around, where I actually print it out, or I'll use the screen, and I'll read it out aloud. And as soon as you read out what you've typed, you realize you've got it completely yep. wrong. You've maybe not been as informal, use the right language, yep. you've got you know some wooden sentences that don't make sense, you've got stuff that you just don't need, you're missing some stuff. So once I've done that, and it's again, still in Apple Notes at this point, and it's all digitized and it's all been edited and it's all streamlined. I'll then walk through it at the pace that I'm going to deliver it to make sure it's on time. Yep. And at that point, I then start writing out longhand into an A4 notebook. And I'll write the entire presentation into an A4 notebook. And then I'll write it again and again and again until I can pretty much write that presentation longhand without having to refer to a copy of it. And that means that when I'm on stage, I have no need for anything. No cards, no nothing. Just there. No. That's it. So that's what my notes in presentation do, and I do run through yeah. time and time again. I used to do a thing where I would record the presentation. So like you were saying, oh, you yeah, read yeah, around. Oh yeah, do that as well. So yeah. I would record it, and I would record it with the post-it notes. I would pull them off the wall, yeah. or summarize them, and put them around my screen so that I was talking to the screen, so that I could, as if I was still on stage, that's and I could do it. I don't do that anymore because what I tend to do is I build those slides and then I use the slides. But that mm. was really useful at the time is sticking these post-its around yeah, yeah, the yeah. screen. And you can talk, especially if you're doing a remote talk, for example. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really cool because that can keep you on track like yeah. nothing else. Absolutely. So I think, yeah, if you're doing a webinar or a remote talk, I'll, I'll maybe use the notes. But if I'm going to do a keynote, um, I want to be sure that I can deviate from that story. Yeah. I can, you know, if anything goes wrong, <gasps> the lights you turn off or deviation? I fall off stage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm always deviating from my talks because when you know it really well and you don't need your notes, you can hop around wherever you want to. I worry about coming back. Yeah. I, it's, my, it's not the deviation I've got a problem with. It's the coming back to the point. Yeah. I want to I want to land with everybody leaving the room knowing the thing that I wanted them to leave with, that one message. Yeah. If I deviate, I'm lost. I, yeah, no, I think I'll be telling I say, what I had for dinner. Wow. Well, yeah. If I can remember. <laughs> I think when I, when I say deviate, I think I, I suppose I mean, you know, hop into a story that's relevant for the audience. So maybe you've been oh, talking okay. to somebody before the talk ah, and you go, ah, yes. oh, you know what, I was speaking to Bob earlier or, you know, Sarah earlier and she said this and, you know, that's how I got to this point, blah, 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 and then back to the talk. Yes. And, you know, if you've got someone in the audience, I did a talk once, a keynote in front of uh, probably about five, 600 people and this guy kept asking me questions. During, during the keynote. keynote. I was like, this is the most bizarre thing ever, you know, because you usually wait till the yeah, end. Or, or and somebody says, any questions? Yeah, and, he kept, and I was just like, you know, I got to the point where I said, look, excuse me, you're going to have to just wait till the end because you're kind of ruining it for everyone. But 
those sorts of things can if you're if you're not prepared well enough and you don't have the right notes or whatever oh, there's no right or wrong way of doing it they can really make you nervous it can get you unsettled and so that's for me i always try to do it so it's completely out of my head it's completely 100 percent. you know i'm not remembering it to remember it i'm remembering it so i never forget it so how do you feel about so supposing somebody listens to this and decides they yeah they're going to submit they're going to do a talk it's their yeah. first talk ever They've read your... Use index cards. Use index, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't expect to be going into memorising everything, unless, of course, that's that's really you have enough time. And, of course, that's maybe that, that might be your style. You might yeah. work better that way. Um, but for my very first talks, yeah, use index cards. There's no, I'm, I would never read from a script. I think no. as soon as you read from a script, you're potentially, you know, creating a barrier between yourself and the audience. Some commencement addresses you see done in the US, for example, can work quite well, but there's no harm at all in using index cards. The audience deserve it. Yeah, They're absolutely. there to hear a talk. It's best to get the talk right than, uh, than stand up on stage and fluff the whole thing. And we've all had instances where, uh, for whatever reason, the tech doesn't work and you have to absolutely. do a talk without the yeah. slides. So you better know your talk. Absolutely. So 100%. it's great having, if you, if you are using index cords, at least that's like a yeah, step yeah. down, isn't it? You've got a yeah. thing to hold on to. Absolutely. Cool. So that's what I do using the A4 notebook to get it all prepared, finalized, and then obviously on the day I will probably have a few notes with me just in case I have a complete and utter sort of breakdown or you know got no sleep the night before, which is highly likely. <laughs> um, but other than that, that's that's my preparation for a talk. Do you um, do anything else? Uh, no, I do pretty much the same as you. I don't go through it writing it out over and over again. But that's because usually by the time I'm at that stage, we are in the panic monster phase, and <laughs> it's. God damn, we've got to get this shit done as fast as possible. And uh, there is a the, the work has been done. So the idea is, is the work has been done. It's the bit of making myself familiar with the talk. Yes. Well enough that, as you say, if you go off topic or if something happens, yeah. that you're not completely thrown. And you yeah. need to make it an engaging experience for your people who are coming to listen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so that panic monster bit is where I have uh, a huge imposter syndrome, suddenly panic that it's never going to be good enough and I've got to do the work. So by the That's time it. I'm at that stage, there is no time for me to write it out 47 times. I just need to record it over and over. I have done the thing where I record it and I play it to myself in the car yeah. instead of the audiobook or music on my way to work, which is great. I, um, can't I cannot stand hearing myself. No, but you, what you find <laughs> is, I, I, I don't know whether it works or whether it's just a, a placebo mm. for me, but I do find that I zone out because it's my own voice I don't really yeah, like okay. it I zone out and I like to think this going into my subconscious I have no idea whether no. scientifically that's true maybe I, it might maybe do. let's but, try uh, an experiment it's a desperation thing and eventually it's like learning the words of a song I hope that eventually I know the talk well enough cool so that's how we use stationery to outline our talk obviously it's not always stationary we are blending the digital and the analog world all the time you know I don't know anyone that works entirely in one mode or the other. actually I know a lot of people that work entirely in digital and I, I meet them and I'm always underwhelmed by their productivity. Really? So I, I do think there is a case to disconnect, you know, to get back to, you know, what we've been doing for centuries, which is using yeah. pen and paper and, and whiteboards or whatever. You know, we haven't been using whiteboards for centuries, clearly, but blackboards and all the other stuff. And, you know, just getting back to using some implement to draw and doodle and get things out of your head, I think that's, that's important. It is, and I mean, you, I think you know as well as I do, there's that uh, scientific studies that show that the having to slow stuff down and encode it with handwriting actually makes things be more readily retained in your brain Absolutely, you yeah. remember it, it i don't know mm. otherwise your brain better than uh, but even than typing so you think that's the same kind of encoding but mm. apparently it's not so there we go so if you've enjoyed this one let us know hit that like button leave us a comment um leave us some feedback let us know what you liked what you didn't like what you want to hear about 
and and of course any future topics great be really really interested uh, to hear about that and obviously if you want to share how you write presentations Ooh, or yeah. how you use stationery of course head over to uh, stationery freaks uk is our instagram handle that's yep. where we do most of our work uh, stationfreaks.com is our web address i hope you've enjoyed it and we'll see you in the next one thanks alan thank you bye bye